Stick in rink from Paulwood. Stick in rink? Yeah. Stick in rink. They slayed the dragon! Okay, okay, there you go. Yeah. Brock Besser with a wrist shot. He scores! Kaboom, Brock Besser! Hopping, stopping, hopping like a rabbit. Hey, what's up? Edwards to Daniel Smith. Henrik going to the net. Daniel centers. Henrik beats. Scores! Oh, uh, Canuck logo, by the way, sticking right. Thank you. Thanks for that. Crowd ahead for Murray. Murray going in. He scores! Pavel Murray has won it for the Vancouver Canucks. We'll do it live. However, you may be listening live on the FM dial, CHLY 1017, or online at CHLY.ca. This is Stick in Rink Radio. Isha Jerome here alongside Dylan Kayser, coming to you from the heart of Nanaimo, BC. No producer T today. Not in trail? Uh, we, we checked, I think, earlier. He's not there. Uh, yeah, that, not that's there. normally the first spot you check for producer T. Trail, then work, then in his bed. And then at the Roxy. And then at the Roxy with Ride the Pod. There you go. Elijah and Josh, how are you? Big shout out to at Ride the Pod on Twitter. And we'll get into that more later on this program. Uh, maybe, maybe producer T will call in. But maybe. Um, I'm in his stead today, sitting in the producer's chair. And uh, I haven't sat here for a while, Dylan. Hey, it's, it's been a while since we've even been in the studio, let alone you producing the show. So a little flashback today. I like it. Yeah, that's right. Did you miss us, listeners? Did you miss Stick and Rink Radio? Well... I hope you did, and I hope you're tuning in an hour early because, yeah, something is not the same today, isn't it? That's right. We're going an hour early, folks. A three-hour special. Four to seven. Woo! So much hockey talk. Some great guests. And uh, let's let's dive right into all of the fun. I mean, this sh- studio is... It's, we're burning up in oh, here, burning, so that's how, you know, that's how you know it's a summer day in Nanaimo. The depths of hell, CHLY. If you missed any part of the show, folks, you can download the podcast... Stick and Ring Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. The final live CHLY oh, Stick and Ring Radio Show, Dylan, will be July 28th. So not next week, ladies and gentlemen, but the following week. Book it. We're going 4 to 7 p.m. again. That's going to be a tearjerker. It really is. Oh, man. The last CHLY live show, oh, it's going to be something else. It's going to be something else. And even like, because we just re- we just recorded and released um, the, the Stick and Ring Podcast episode 100, mm-hmm. part one, because we had to go part two with the finale. Oh, you gotta. It's um, a century mark. Exactly. And man, it it was hard editing it, honestly, because I was like, there's one more of these, you know, Stick and Rink podcasts that we're going to be doing. Obviously, we're going to continue more work with the Hockey Podcast Network and uh, the Minnesota podcast on the, ho- the Hockey Podcast Network, the Soda Pod, but it's still, it's a change. It's a change, and you know, the Stick and Ring podcast will live on. Absolutely. But like we said, with the host from At Ride the Pod, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is going to be a... Uh... It's going to be a bit sad when the official Stick the Ring, Stick and Ring podcast comes to an end, but man, it's it's been quite the ride here at CHLY. Oh, it really has, and you know, in the three-hour finale on July 28th, we got some stories to bring. Um, it's, it's not just going to be hockey talk, because let's be honest, by then, whether or not Mitch Marner signs, wherever he decides to sign, there's not going to be a ton of news. Today's kind of, you know... A jam-packed show full of hockey news for the most part compared to uh, the following week, which we will fill in two hour segments of, you know, hockey-related news, um, some of our regular and past segments. 
But one hour will be devoted to having some fun, you know, saying our goodbyes and playing some of our tributes, right, Dylan? But you know what we do have a lot of this week? What is that? Prizes. Oh my That's right. God, do we ever. We have some amazing prizes, so folks, make sure you give us a call at 1-855-740-1017 for some sweet prizes. Well, call in and we'll ask you a question. And whatever answer you give us... We'll give you a prize for that answer. And if you've listened to episode 99 and 100 of the Sick Ring podcast, you know there's another way you can win a prize, but we'll leave it at that. Um, a little a little homework for you prior to next week's uh, radio show if you want to win some prizes. But uh, speaking of prizes, and I don't know if this is more of a prize for us, Dylan, or if it's a prize for the listeners, but uh, we're on Patreon and we have exclusive giveaways plus extra content to all of our loyal Patreon. So support us. All, don all donations go towards improving the show and providing you with prizes and merchandise. And what else does one single dollar get the fans, Dylan? You know, okay. I, I, sorry, I just want to back up a okay, little no, bit. Back, I just want back to back up. up. Um, I'm going to send out the bat signal right now. What? Shane, if you're listening, I want you to call in and tell everybody how amazing these Patreon episodes are. I want you to tell the fans that it is worth that one loony a month. Oh, yes. You think it's going to happen? You think Shane's going to call in? Let fans know. Um, oh, dude, Shane's going to call in regardless of that bad signal. <laughs> but, you know, I think he will mention it now for sure. Because Shane is a loyal patron. And I think we said this last week on the podcast. Sorry, Lyndon. Sorry, Brandon Hobbs. Oh, Shane, I think, is the best We fan. can only give it to one, right? There can only be one there winner. There can only be one, just like uh, you know, the, the, the best trophy of all times, the Good Deeds Cup. There only can be one. There only can <laughs> exactly. be one winner so, in our books here. Shane, you're, you're, the, uh, you're the fan of the year. So again, folks, Patreon, uh, Sticker Ring Podcast, or patreon.com slash Sticker Ring Podcast. Dylan ran it down. We have an amazing extra episode for $1. You get the extra episode per week. But the best thing you can do today is what, my friend? Rate. And review. There you go. Rate and review. iTunes. Um, you know, wherever you get your podcasts from. Let's uh, let, we're not gonna dive into this right away, but let's run down the poll question. We've set aside a segment hour two to directly talk about it, but let's jump into it, folks. So reminder, you can find our weekly CHLY 1017 FM poll question at Stick in Rink Pod this week, especially. We want uh, we want write-ins. You know, write-ins are always encouraged, but this week especially, um, we, we already got a couple here. So, uh, Dylan, let's run down the poll question. All right, folks. This week's poll question is, straight up, who will win the NHL offseason? Who's the, the winner this offseason, folks? Your choices are the Vancouver Canucks. Never thought we'd say that about an offseason. But they have made some, some pretty significant moves. They have. Uh, followed by the Arizona Coyotes, the Dallas Stars, and... The Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. Um, I, Raiden's welcome. I feel like we might get a few for New Jersey. Um, you know, there's there's a few New that Jersey might Joe, How are you? <laughs> oh, Jersey Joe's going to call in. I know that. There you go, Better folks. Watch out. Um, we will dive into, like I said, a full like conversation about the poll question uh, later on in the program. Hour two. Uh, so stick around. And if you miss any part of the show, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. All right. Jammed. Pack show, Dylan. Let's get into the show rundown. Uh, hour one, we're going to wrap up all of NHL free agency, and that's, of course, brought to you by our friends at Auto Smile. And then we're going to get into the names of the game. It's more of a reminder slash rundown. We're not going to profile a player this week, but 
I'm not gonna lie. It's a quickie. I was late posting it. Oh, <laughs> I posted it one. today. And I'm saying late because usually I post it the night of editing the podcast. But Well, normally we have a producer here. So, I mean, the blame's not you know necessarily what? all on you. Thank you, Dylan. I'm doing two things at once today. Uh, two back birds when, stoned at once. There you go. Because back when I was producing, you know, we had another host here. So it was we a did. little easier for me. So there you go, folks. And then uh, we're going to wrap up our one, bringing on a local guest, Curtis Toneff. Former head coach and general manager of your Nanaimo Buccaneers of the VIJHL, now assistant coach for the Humboldt Broncos of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Dylan, what are what, what can folks uh, hear coming up in hour two? In hour two, the five o'clock hour. That's right, folks. The a three-hour three show. Hour two, the five o'clock hour. We're going to start off with some NHL updates. Yeah, because there has been some recent news, uh, even since we've been on the Sticker Ring podcasts. Uh, episode 100 folks if you haven't heard that yet go download it wherever you get your podcast from uh, and, and then in the middle of hour two smack dab 520 around that time we're going to get into the poll question uh dylan and i will bring our thoughts on it and then we'll also update you listeners on the activity and it's it's it'd be popping no i i think we're going to get some write-ins on this one and it, even if folks want to tune in and, and call and give us their oh, feedback, please. give us a call 250-740-1017. And toll-free 1-855-740-1017. And All about that toll-free. Close out hour two with uh, Dave Tomlinson, former oh. DEL All-Star. That's the German League. He also uh, had a cup of coffee in the National Hockey League, and he's a current broadcaster for the IIHF on TSN Airwaves. Hour three, we're going to... Oh, it's three gonna get, hours. It's going to get even more steaming here, oh, Because we're going to get into the Canucks that. weekly wrap up. We have a vendetta for you, Canucks Twitter fans who are not on our side, of course, because there's a civil war going on on Canucks Twitter. We're going to run it all down. And then we're bringing back a segment that we know you love, bud. We're going to have one last segment of Globe Dart. Well, I shouldn't say that. This is part one of the last segment. We're going to throw the dart this week. Next week or July 28th, we're going to profile wherever we hit that dart. And we're going to do our homework. You best believe it. Oh, you know it. And then finally, we're going to close up this three-hour show of Stick and Rink Radio with Doug Bodger. And he's... He the Bodge himself? He joined us last week on the podcast, and we have to run the interview, Dylan, because the former NHL, NHL All-Star... He's also a Team Canada defenseman from Shamanis, Vancouver Island, and now an assistant coach for the Victoria Royals. Oh, he even said we he could talk for hours and share stories, so we're really excited to bring big Doug Bodger on the show. Just an amazing interview. Uh, the Stick Ring Podcast, folks, is a product of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go follow at HockeyPodNet on Twitter for more information. Um, it, the, the show is also brought to you by Auto Smile Limited and our friends at Spreza Box. Enter promo code Stick in Rink for 10% off your monthly subscription. And uh, where can they follow the host, Dylan? You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Isha at VI Sports Talk. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. And you can follow Producer T right on to trail at Producer underscore TEE. Hopefully he'll tell us uh, where he is, but until that He's going to leave us in the smoke. Let's get into some hockey talk. That's not... What is this stuff on here? We're talking about saving the world and all that stuff. Let's talk hockey. Um, brought to you by our friends at AutoSmile. You can find them 3851 Shenton Road, Nanaimo, right behind Steve Marshall Woo! Ford. Uh, we're wrapping up NHL free agency. Dylan, let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's get right into it. We're going to start off with Stanley Cup champion Jordan Bennington. And uh, he signs a bridge, but 
a heftier bridge than what we're used to, but I think that's only because we don't see many bridge contracts anymore. And when we did, the, the cap was lower. So ultimately, the AAV was lower. Well, we don't also see many bridges for goalies that just won the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's, it's really hard to quantify that, isn't it? That's true. I don't remember off the top of my head if Matt Murray signed a bridge. I think it was like a four-year deal. Mm, quite possible. I can bring that up, but um, and we'll get into that comparison in a moment. But Dylan, right off the bat, what are your thoughts on this contract? I think it's good for the St. Louis Blues. I mean, goaltending has been an issue for theirs for the last, I'd say, 10 years. Well, Jake Allen just never, you know, never blossomed into the prospect, or he never blossomed into his potential. No, he didn't. And, you know, they acquired Ryan Miller that one season. He didn't work out there. They've they've had... That was at the deadline, right? That was at the deadline. They they tried guys like uh, Brian Elliott. You know, they've never been able to find a stable goaltender. Now, you know, judging by the performance of Bennington, I know it's only a small sample size, and I know it's kind of tough to say that when a guy won the Stanley Cup. But at the same time, he has only played one year, so... Well, barely a year. Barely a year. So, you know, the two years does make sense because you want to see that, you know, this guy can perform consistently. Two years down the road, is he still the same goaltender? Um, and as for Jordan Bennington, I mean, he gets he gets a pretty good paycheck um, for winning that Stanley Cup. So, I, honestly, at the end of the day, I think this is a win-win from both sides. So he signs a two-year deal, folks. An average annual value of $4.4 million in comparison to Matt Murray, who obviously was a young goaltender who won a Stanley Cup, uh, both behind Marquette, Andre Fleury, and in front of him, he signed a three-year deal at 3.75. So it's, he got the extra, well, Pittsburgh got the extra year, so his AAV went down a little bit ultimately. And, and, that's and the I market think. has changed in the past that's couple of years. Well, so Yeah, and um, but, but very comparable, I think. You know, we, we haven't seen enough. At the time of Matt Murray really signing this contract, other than his outstanding playoff uh, performance, Jordan Bennington, at least we saw what he could do in the regular season as well, because it's a different animal. Because we saw the likes of like the Hamburglar, Andrew Hammond, having a stellar regular season performance, and then, I don't want to say he dried up in the playoffs, but it was nothing like Jordan Bennington did, or Matt Murray, who just, you know continued with that fire yeah i mean bennington under pressure that that guy played his best games in, in my opinion um Absolutely. and just the way he jabbed back at the media too uh during that playoff run i, I love cold eh? i love cold and his celebration was pretty nice to uh, in the Stanley Cup parade, but but whose isn't honestly? No, absolutely. But oh, Brett Hall, <laughs> folks, if you, oh, if you haven't Jesus. seen Brett Hall sing Gloria, Gloria, Dude, that is a must watch. That's pretty good, eh? That, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, you'd think I was in trail today with that uh, deep voice there. Oh, I think you were. Um, so next, let's move on to uh, someone who signed with the Vancouver Canucks, the home National Hockey League team here on Vancouver Island, Michael Furlan. He signs. Uh, a 3.5 annual average value contract for four years. I think for this player, this is like this is a steal because he's worth more. The Vancouver Canucks, sure, they got that extra year, and that's I guess why this was prolonged because um, other National Hockey League teams did not want to sign him more than three years. The Vancouver Canucks and Jim Jimbo uh, slice <laughs> there. He's notorious for throwing out that extra fourth year, but in this case. I think it's worth it, and uh, I'll let you continue from there. No, I, I think the extra year is worth it, and you know, for a guy who's 31 years old, you might be a little bit worried about that extra year. Michael Furlan is 27. He's going to be 31 by the end of this four-year contract, and at $3.5 million in four years, I, Michael Furlan's going to be worth that. He's going to be worth that and more in the first three years of his contract as well. So as far as you know, the... the uh, annual average goes, I think the Vancouver Canucks did exceptionally well with this deal. I think 
you know, judging by, you know, looking at other players that are comparable to Michael Furlan, we talked on the podcast about Kevin Hayes, who's getting over $7 million. Other players who oh, are very comparable point. getting over 5 $6 million, And we're only paying Furlan three point five for a guy who's going to be in our top six. I think that's a steal. Absolutely, Dylan. I have to agree. And I think, yeah, sure, the, the four years is a little long. But like you highlighted, he's 27 years old. So it's not like they're signing a 30-year-old in Jay Beagle exactly. to, to a four-year deal at $3 million. You, folks, if you listen, if you're fans of the Stick Ring podcast, you know how I feel about, you know, the, the true MVP and uh, and cons. Uh, yeah, the, the true MVP, rather, <laughs> of the, the playoffs last year. He's at um, a loss for words because he's talking about his love, JB. Because, because I'm about to throw some shade on his contract. And, you know, his heart's he's, just racing. He's not worth $3 it's million. Dollars. In his eye. <laughs> not at four years, Dylan. And, no, he's uh, just not. He's just not. And Tim Schaller, he wasn't at three year, $3 million. Thank God. Oh, but still, God. that was a horrible deal. It's nice to see Jimbo Slice sign a, sign a nice one here. It is. And, you know, you just brought up the Jay Beagle contract. And, you know, Furlan's only getting 500000 more than Jay Beagle. I mean, at, at the end of the day, yeah, I, I just don't think you can judge this contract poorly. I mean, Jim Benning came out of free agency, in my opinion, with these signings, you know, at, at the most reasonable cost he could get. Yeah, and Michael Furlan, uh, though he doesn't kill penalties, boy, can he throw his body around. Hustling back to grab it in behind the net is Sagan. Got rocked by Furlan. That stung him. Yeah, that stung him. He's a stinger, bud. So he even, And he goes after the big boys, too, you know, because Furlan can play... Uh, those top-line matches. He can, and, you know, he's... That's where he thrives, actually, in my opinion. At a bottom-six role, you wouldn't notice any of his offensive upside, but you saw him hit. No, that's true. And, you know, at the end of the day, also, Michael Furland is going to play with good players on the Vancouver Canucks. He's going to be in that top-six, like you just mentioned, and you are going to notice him. Because, you know, with the line of, let's say, Patterson, Besser, and Furland... I love it. Furlan's going to be the guy throwing around the body. Furlan's going to be the guy making space for those other two players. So, uh, I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be fun. And, you know, as far as just entertainment value goes, Furlan is a great guy to watch. Oh, yeah. And the fans love him. Like, they, like I'm sure Lyndon Wood from the hood is going to call in later and, you know, chime in on Michael Furlan as well. Because when that was our, I think, yeah, when we started Stick Ring, Furlan was still with the Flames. And I think that's what. Uh, <laughs> I think he nicknamed him the Canucks Daddy. I was just going to say Canucks Daddy or Canucks Killer. I always thought he was the Canucks Killer. And it's funny that now the Canucks Killer is on the Vancouver Canucks team. So maybe we'll have to change it to the uh the fl- the, the the Flames extinguisher. If if you we'll can't, find we'll find a better name. If you can't beat them, join them, right? There you go. All right, let's uh, let's move on. I know we dragged that out a little bit, but hey, we're Canucks fans. Don't blame us. Don't blame us. Uh Ryan Dezingle finally signs a contract, Dylan. Yes, he does. A 2-year contract worth 3.375 million dollars. Just over 3 million dollars. I think this is a pretty reasonable contract for a guy who's shown he's a 20-goal scorer. We're seeing in the market these days, guys can put up 20 goals are getting four, five, six, seven millions in, in some cases. I just thought, and I agree with everything you say, just to kind of throw, uh, throw a different point out there, I thought because of his age, he would have got more term. Because you usually don't see this, again, two-year deals, bridge contracts, whatever you want to call them, show-me contracts, can you put up 20 goals again? North of 20 goals again, whatever. You don't. You generally don't see them with players who are more established. However, Ryan Zilek was 27 years old. It took a while for him to sign a deal, which is was interesting. I thought maybe the lowest term-wise he would have signed for was $4 million. Or, sorry, four years, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, that's what I would have thought as well. I mean, you know, when guys hit free agency, 
as an unrestricted free agent, that's normally their payday. That's when they're looking to get their big ticket, right? So it is interesting that he only got two years. It's It's been interesting kind of across the board. I feel like this year free agency has been more reasonable. I feel like teams have yeah. thrown out the term and it kind of makes me laugh at some... I hate to bring Kevin Hayes up like a thousand times, but... Because he's not a poor player, he's just overpaid. He's like, overpaid, but, it, you know, they signed him before he hit free agency, and I think Philadelphia misjudged the market. I think that they thought Kevin Hayes was going to go in there and it was going to be a bidding war, but I think point. if they waited it out, they could have gotten Kevin Hayes for a lot cheaper, just judging on what the market paid for other players. Like $5 million. Exactly, and I mean, at the end of the day, that's $2 million that you're saving. $2 million can get you a decent third-line player. Or six, to be, just at six. Yeah. I know that's still, man, you can argue it's a little steep, but... It's a seven-year deal. Realistically, that's probably what would have gotten on the, the, the open market. No, absolutely, I, I'd agree. But just quickly before we move on, Ryan Zingle. This is what surprises me again. I guess kind of like Michael Furland, you know, uh, first full season with the Ottawa Senators, 32 points. Uh, second season, 41, and then 44. Both of those respectively just over 20 goals. So it... it and this I, is for an Ottawa Senators team. Exactly, exactly. So... I don't know. I, th- I thought he'd make more, but hey, if he continues that trend, or Dylan, could you imagine? Yeah, he puts up maybe 25 goals next year with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Or sorry, with the... Uh, the, yeah, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes. I have him on DB here. <laughs> Which I think he will, especially playing with the, the top-line talent like Sebastian Ajo, for example. You know, you trade Unreal up. talent. Yes, and this guy's clearly talented too. You can put pucks in the net. So if he gets, say, 25 goals, and then maybe north of 30 or at 30, he's going to command $6, 7000000 million at... 29 years old. Oh, easily. Easily. And then a team will have to fork up that six, seven years for a guy who's 29. Four at the minimum, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and like, because at that point, Ryan Dezingle's not going to, you know, take a cut on the term because he knows this is going to be my last big contract. Exactly. Um, And friend of the show, Brandon Wong, when he went to uh, Canucks, or sorry, not Canucks, Ottawa Senators uh, training camp years ago, Ryan Dezingle was a a young rookie, and he said, wow, this kid's so talented, and right off the bat, he recognized that he had the, the ability to score goals, and, you know, within his time in the league, that's that's all this, this guy's done. And, you know, for the Carolina Hurricanes, great value deal, you know. You lose Furland, you pick up a score. Exactly, so, you know, they didn't really lose much as far as this offseason goes, losing Furland, because, like you said, they replaced him with Dezingle, very reasonable contract, so I, I think that's a win for the Carolina Hurricanes. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to a player who you and I absolutely love in a market that, yes, we don't get to watch too much out here on the West Coast, but Anders Lee, Dylan, one of the best two-way forwards and underrated goal scorer as well with the New York Islanders. He signs a ticket. Can I get a chuching? The old 7 by 7 $7 million dollars. For seven years. And do you think it's worth it? That's that's a tough one because... The term again, right? It's the term. Anders Lee is a great player. Two years ago, he put up 40 goals. Three years, 34. Three years, yeah. And then last year, he put up 28. Very respectable. But and on a defensive-minded team, because you look even at his point uh, production, it kind of plateaued. Yeah, well, you know, with Barry Trotz coming and changing exactly. how that, that team played. So going forward, yeah, this guy is a 30-goal scorer. I think that's what you would call him. A 30-goal scorer, power forward probably worth seven million dollars you know he's worth he is an he, annual average value he's a seven million dollar player a hundred percent and if this was a <laughs> kevin hayes is a <laughs> i know i hate to bring up kevin hayes but i mean look at compare the two players five years would have been great you yeah. know bring him until he's 34 35 and i think you know at the end of the contract you might be overpaying him by two million which 
isn't a huge deal, but now I, I feel like in year six, seven of this contract, who knows how good he's going to be? I mean, who knows if his knees can hold up? He, there's so many different he can factors. Slow down, yeah, because he's a he's a power type player. Exactly. We and we see it all the time. Guys who play that power forward game, they slow down quicker, especially when they hit their mid thirties. It's it's pretty tough to stay in the game, especially since you know the game's only going to get faster by then, and it's going to be really tough to keep up. You want to hear some stats? Oh, that's hash, hashtag stat guy. Um, he's only played in the playoffs twice. In his career, wow! Once in 2014-15, and uh, and and last season where he got four points in eight playoff games. So he he can perform in the playoffs, though he's had little experience. Um, again, it's the term. If it was a five or six year deal, you could maybe even up up the AAV to seven five. Um, I think so, and that would be fair. But I I have nothing against his camp trying to get the term. That's what you want to do these days, especially now with the game speeding up and people's bodies. Not I don't want to say they're breaking down. Uh, quicker, but they're just slowing down quicker because back in the day in the 80s, 90s, and arguably the early 2000s, you didn't have to play with speed, you know, well into your 30s as long as you still produced and could, you know, kill penalties. You could just hook onto a guy and he'd coast to, you know, the rest of the way down the ice. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we have hooking rules now. Yeah. Uh, quickly before we get into the goaltenders, which uh, we, we constantly said on the, the tendies, the dandies on the podcast that we would, uh, we talk about them on CHLY. We want to just give our CHLY Nanaimo listeners a quick update and a shout out for the, the listener fun drive on CHLY. Um, all your donations for CHLY, they sustain this radio station and make it possible for, you know, shows like us, independent sports talk radio and awesome, awesome music. You know, we had our friend uh, Shiv before us playing the best tunes out of Bollywood, the best Punjabi music. Oh, we love it. On the West Coast. And then prior, oh, blues, baby. Oh. Some of the bl best blues you'll ever hear, you know, uh, at, at 1 o'clock on CHLY on Sunday. So Sundays has an awesome roster. If you want to help sustain Chile, uh, go on their website, chly.ca. And if you're already on there listening to Stick and Rink Radio, we thank you. And uh, an update for our show and a reminder, we're giving out prizes for every single caller. As long as you bring something to the show. As long as you bring something. A, a question that takes something. You know, if it's not hockey, if it's not hockey... Sport related. I mean, the Raptors won the championship, Dylan. Yeah. You've been watching a little bit more basketball, so you can probably take a, a little Raptor question here or there. So. You, you know, folks, if, Not we, from you, Shane. if we pick up and it's just silence, that that's the line we're going to draw. I mean, yeah. silence, you don't get a prize. Come on, say something, even if it's a little bit outlandish, a little bit out there. Hey, we'll take still a give shot at us here on hey, Stick give and us a Radio. shot. We'd love it. We'll love it. We'll take it. We may fire back, but in the end, we're going to give you a prize. So call toll-free. 1-855-740-1017. We're here with you until 7 p.m. All right, let's dive back into the NHL free agency. Uh, we're wrapping up the, the signings that we uh, missed on the podcast. Let's talk about the goaltendies worth much more than a bucket of those save-on-foods chicken tendies, eh, Dill? I don't know. Those, those, you have no those, idea where that came from, did you? Those chicken tendies that save-on-foods, those are pretty good. Uh, I, I... $12.99 special garlic bread. Oh, well, with the garlic bread. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even a question then. All right, I mean, we can get into, a, like, we can get off, off the rails here and talk about food all day. So a little garlic bread talk. <laughs> um, you think Peter Mrazek eats garlic bread with his pregame meal? Uh, no. He will now, baby. <laughs> he signed a three-year deal, 3.125, an annual average value, back with the Carolina Hurricanes. An unlimited garlic bread. <laughs> That's the least Tom Dundon could do. A great deal, I think, because there were, there were whispers that they weren't going to bring him back. 
No, absolutely. And, you know, last year at the end of the day, this guy spent over a million dollars on garlic bread. So now he saves a million bucks. You know, he has so much. I mean, he could could just rub himself in garlic bread before the game. Well, it's probably better than Herbal Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Unless you're getting a foot rub from yours truly. Um, But in all seriousness, Peter Mrazek had an unbelievable season uh, coming off a couple struggling ones. I know he... He fared well in Detroit developing, but he needed to change. I'm pretty sure he was with Philadelphia last year, and we all know the nightmare that was Philadelphia goaltending. So found a home in Carolina. Um, I, I don't have the, the, the clip with me because I think we, we put it in the podcast. But there was a clip of him, you know, when they made the, the Stanley Cup playoffs and him just screaming into the NBC reporter like, We did it! Like, That's we made awesome. it! And just raw emotion. And, you know, he was banged up in the playoffs. But, I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes were probably one of the best stories out of the 2019 National Hockey League playoffs. A well-deserved contract by Mrazek. Yeah, just looking back at his at his numbers, when he was with the Detroit Red Wings uh, from 2013 to 2016, he put up pretty good numbers. He uh, was the backup, right, to Jimmy Howard, or they split time? Well, yeah, they split time okay. in 2015-16. He played 54 games. Um, he had a goals against average of 2.33 and a save percentage of 921. Um, you know, last few years have been down for him, but you know, this last season with the Hurricanes, he really picked it up. 914 save percentage. He's looking like the old Peter Morazic. And you know, that the contract he got, I think that's bang on where his value is. I think he's a yeah. three to four million dollar goaltender. Fringe starter if you're exactly. if you're using NHL nineteen terms. That that's that's perfect way to describe him, in my opinion. He's he's a gold he's a fringe starter in the sense that you can have him as a starter, but you're going to want a good backup that can play 30 games. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they, they got a pretty good tandem there in Carolina. Um, I, just quickly before we move on to talking about Robin Leonard, who signed an, an interesting deal. Uh, Cody Jansen, our friend at the World Hockey Report. Folks, if you're not following the World Hockey Report on Twitter, you have to get into it. Some hot... You have to get into it. Hotter than the Der- the Derek from uh, Harewood. Oh, I don't Rebel know about that. Let's uh, let's watch it here. Um, he loves Mrazek, and he said he followed him during the World Juniors, and he's like, I remember he came on our show and said, Bud, and this is, I'm pretty sure, verbatim, I saw him at the World Juniors, and I've loved him ever since. So there you go. Follow Cody Jans in the Ho- World Hockey Report on Twitter. Back to Robin Leonard. He had an unbelievable bounce-back season with the New York Islanders. You know, um, uh, it was great. Like, he... He was nominated for the the best goaltender of the year award. Yeah, I mean the the numbers speak for themselves. Two uh, two point thirteen goals against oh, average, nine thirty save percentage. Who was rubbing herbal active on him? I think it might have been garlic toast. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also you know playing on that Islanders team with a more defensive style, yeah. I think that helped him a little bit too. You know, he's People, played yeah. he's played in Buffalo where it's been kind of. I don't even know what style Buffalo has played in the last two years because it's been so up and down. They've they've really changed their mind. Well, so many coaches, so many GMs exactly. in the last 10 years. So many, I mean, the roster even has has looked different year to year. So I think it's been tough for Robin Leonard in Buffalo. And he's he's come out, you know, expressing his, his difficulties with mental health. And addiction, too. And, and addiction. So, you know, battling through that and to have the numbers that he has right now and to sign that contract, I, I think that's huge for Robin Leonard. Yeah, it is. And back to his interesting deal, a one-year deal. So a truly a show-me contract because, like you said, he came off fighting demons in Buffalo and playing, let's be honest, for a franchise that at the time, and you know some still argue is, uh, very... It was a turbulent time, for, for lack of a better term, and to, to be concise. So he signs a one-year deal with the Chicago Blackhawks. You hear that, Dusty? You got a top goaltender. One year at $5 million. Because it's one year, sure, you earned it. 
based on everything you earn the money. But if, if there was even two years attached to this, an additional year, it would probably be down to like 3.8, maybe a four at the most. No, I I think so. And, you know, it's kind of funny that it's a show me contract when Robin Leonard's been in the league for as long as he has been. But it's, I think it's a show me contract. You know, can, can you put up these numbers consistently again, again, for us? Right. Yeah, can you actually be a, a starting goaltender? Because for most of his career, you know, apart from the last two seasons at Buffalo, and even then, he was only a fringe starter. And before then, he was a backup. So, you know, you, you got to get a bigger uh, sample size for this goaltender, in my opinion, before you can lock him up long term. But hey, he's I, a pro. He's a, he's he's a, a pro. season pro. So he's going to make money whether. He surpasses or you know plateaus in regards to his numbers uh, this coming season, and it gives the Blackhawks a chance. I mean, they've they're looking not too bad going into oh, this year. So if they it makes have a, me sick, it makes me sick. So if they have a good goaltender behind them, who knows what they can do? I I can see them making the playoffs. Well, because Crawford, he's slowing down. He and is. He's, he's injured every year. Like, he's still a top goalie at, when he's healthy. But unlike Pecorine, who seemingly can play through injuries or just. I don't know, maybe has a more balanced regiment um, splitting time with UC Saros. And maybe when Crawford now plays alongside a goaltender, no, not, not with a backup for most of the time, because Crawford, I believe, played north of like 60 games. Um, I don't know, last season, the year before, but he has, you know, playing for the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks. So. I mean, realistically, in this case, they could split it right down the middle, 41 and 41. And I think oh. that would be outstanding. I, I think it would be perfect for them. And uh, finally, before we wrap up uh, NHL Free Agency 2019, ladies and gentlemen, Semyon Varlamov, little Yankee swap with Robin Leonard, though. Uh, and uh, he joins the Buffalo Sabres. Or did I get that totally wrong? Where did you uh, join, Doug? He joins the New York oh, Islanders. Oh, God. That's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> Four years, $5 million per, <sighs> per season. Um... You know, it's still a Yankee swap. <laughs> still a Yankee swap. A recent Yankee swap. You know, it's not that Simeon Varlamov isn't worth it, but I felt like he, I didn't know he was going to get four years at the end of the day. Well, and the term that he's getting, too. And the term, you know, they're paying $20 million for a goaltender. When I don't think the goaltending market was, was huge. You know, Robin Leonard is probably the best goaltender on the market, and he comes out with a one-year deal. Um, Simeon hey, Varl- good point. Good point. You know, Semyon Varlamov. I know he might be a bit more established in the league than Robin Leonard, but still, I, I think that's quite a hefty price. Well, he's been in the league longer, but he's been up and down. He I mean, really going has back been. to his time early on with the Washington Capitals. So that's why it surprises me that he got the term. I, I thought maybe with a Simeon Varlamov, sure you give him five. Give him 5.5 for two years. Because like you said, he's been such an up-and-down guy. You sign him for five years, you know maybe two of those years are going to be bad. Yeah, he's 31. Where's the time going? Wow, he's I, so he's going to be 36 at the end of this contract. See, and that's the thing. I that, don't that's think, a tough deal. I don't know. I mean, you know, look at his numbers last it. season. He's not worth it. His goals against average last year were 2.87. That's that's you know pretty damn close to three, and that's you don't like seeing those those numbers. Well, his career average is 2.68 goals against average and a 91.6 save percentage. So save percentage is just not bad, but it's that league average. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so uh, that's Maybe, a bad, that's a bad contract. You know what though? Maybe Maybe the scouts and Barry Trotz alike for the Islanders are like, hey, this guy can fit our system because that's kind of how the Arizona Coyotes are scouting goaltenders now, right? Darcy Kemper, for example, fits their system tremendously. That's why he's found success there. Unlike, you know, we saw flashes of him in Minnesota because obviously he had talent, but he's really fitting in there. Then sign him to a two-year deal. I I, I know what I you're ag- saying. I agree, but I'm just saying that must be the it only way, be. in my opinion, that they... 
Because if they, you know, they that's the only way they could want them that bad, right? Yeah. At and the end of the day. Islanders, not Buffalo. Gotcha. There gotcha. you go. All right. Um, we're, Producer we're, T isn't the only one going to trail tonight, folks. Well, you did tell the, the listeners I was there, so... Uh... But uh, that, that was much earlier on in the day, I think, eh? because we're we're ready here to go. And uh, what's next, Dylan, on the show? And quickly, actually, no, actually, sorry. Before, well, let's reel it in a bit. Before, let's, let's reel it in, Let's folks. reel it in a bit. Before we get into our final segment of Hour 1, before bringing on our guests, uh, let's remind everyone about the Stick and Rink poll question and some prizes. That's right, folks. The poll question, which you can find on Twitter at Stick and Rink Pod, is straight up. Who will win the NHL offseason? The options are the Vancouver Canucks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Dallas Stars, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Write-ins are encouraged. You can also call in and give us your opinion at 250-740-1017 or toll-free at 1-855-740-1017. All right, let's get into a quick reminder of the names of the game. Gilalame Latern Dursi with chicken. Holy f, eh? Face off, got turnaround shot, traffic out of front, loose puck, they shoot, they score! Bo Meester paid that man his money! Kavakuli. Nabuin? They shoot, they score! You're my boy, Blue! I've never heard these names before. Who's your daddy and what does he do? Alright folks, it's time for the names of the game. And this week, like Isha said earlier in the show, it's more of a reminder. A reminder that the poll question is out there on our Twitter page at Stick in Rink Pod. You got two poll questions to vote in, ladies and Woo! gentlemen. How are you? How are you? So the names for this week's names of the game poll question are as followed. Hunter Skinner. Oh, oh. That's right, that's one person, Hunter Skinner. Josh Nodler, barely newer. Vladislav Firstov. First not, of all. Not last off, first off. And then Stacy Roost. Oh. The Rooster. Coming home to Roost. Coming home to Roost. So folks, pick the best hockey name out of those four options and let us know which one you think should win. This week's name of the game poll question. Dylan, you know which one I'm going with. Oh, Skinner! <laughs> Skinner! <laughs> uh, love it. Love it. Um, first this is why they call you the producer extraordinaire. Thank you, despite my slip-up uh, earlier. But I think this is a great roster. And I'm not saying it because I, I'm the one who filled it in this week. It was just luck of the dice well where I looked up a few teams. And, you know, you kind of just follow... You just follow the web. You click on one player. You go to his team. Oh, that's how it happens. You click on the team and you're yeah. like... That's the one. First off, first off the list, it's the one. I love one. it. And I, I believe Hunter Skinner and Josh Nodler were tied last week for runners-up. So uh, they actually got placed into this week's poll question because uh, you folks just love their names so much. So, folks, another reminder, Twitter, at Stick and Rink Pod. Make sure you vote on both the poll questions. Absolutely. All right. Let's... Uh... Let's move on here. Let's bring on our guest, and it's local. But first of all, folks, check out the podcast for more hockey stories. You can download the podcast at Sticker Ring Podcast mm -hmm. for free on any podcast app and on SoundCloud. Uh, we share a ton of stories, quick uh, quick hit stories on Facebook and Twitter every week. 
folks. So give, give us a follow there. And don't forget to rate and review five stars, baby, on Facebook, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to support us, patreon.com slash podcast. Help us reach our goals. We have exclusive content for all of our loyal patrons. patrons. And again, it's the fun drive. Sustain C-H-L-Y at C-H-L-Y dot C-A. Curtis Toneff, he's the former head coach and general manager of your Nanaimo Buccaneers of the Vancouver Island Junior Hockey League. He's now the assistant coach for the Humboldt Broncos of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And we get into all of that, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us uh, earlier, Curtis. On the other side, more National Hockey League talk, Dylan. Canucks talk. We're bringing on Dave Tomlinson, Doug Bodger, all here. CHLY 1017 Stick in Rink Radio. Tonoff is shed the mitts. He's going up against number 17, Tyler Smith. A couple punches thrown errantly. And now both players will land some rights. A left from Smith, and he's jerseyed. And Tonoff takes him to the ice. They pat each other, saying, Good tilt. Let's go get a shower. First off, Curtis, congratulations on all your recent success in the VIJHL, our local junior B League here on Vancouver Island. How's it going this evening? Uh, it's going well. It's, uh, it's a busy time of year. Uh, we wouldn't really think it in the hockey world, but it's it's busier in the off season for us than it is uh, during the season some days, but it's, it's good. Absolutely. Um, this year, the Nanaimo Buccaneers finished third in the league and second in the division, respectfully. I mean, what were some of the goals you achieved with your club this year? Um, you know, be it moving young players forward or, or league success. And also, what areas did you and your team uh, fall short in your mind? Well, you, you nailed it the first one, uh, which, in, you know, players moving on, we moved on, uh, you know, Four players, four players, 100% already, and counting. Hopefully, uh, Josh, uh, you know, Josh Harry moved on at the January 10th deadline to the Alberni Bulldogs. Uh, uh, Lucas Patton, he's uh, he's got another year of junior eligibility, but he's going to go play Division Three hockey at Finlandia University in Michigan, and that's that's pretty darn good hockey. You don't see a ton of guys going. Div three from from junior B, let alone over their nineteen year old year. He, uh, you know, he had a little cup of coffee with Alberta in the BCHL, but you know, a lot of guys from our league uh, are going to BCIHL, which is a good league. Um, but into the states, it's usually the ACHA Division One, which is lower than than NCAA Div three. So NCAA Div three is right below uh, Div one, like. Uh, scholarships that you're seeing a lot of BCHL guys get and you're seeing a lot of BCHL and NAHL guys going gift three so from for a guy to go from the BIJHL to there is is pretty cool and um, Riley Gannon uh, you know 16 year old last year got the rookie of the year he's set to play for the South Surrey Eagles or Surrey Eagles I should say uh, as well as Blake Wood is signed in the Nanaimo here so um, with other guys you know, got, having good chances at main camps, it's another good year and, and successful year in our minds uh, moving on from the Nanaimo Buccaneers. 
Absolutely. And again, congratulations on all the success uh, that you've had with the club and, of course, with these players moving forward. Um, what sort of culture and system did you believe you uh, you have to impose, you had to impose on the Buccaneers franchise when you took over as GM and coach? And what type of hockey players did you specifically scout in order to make your system work? You know, my first year I inherited a pretty darn good core for the junior B level. A lot of those players being local uh, that year I you know I just found you know two real good goalies Derek Kroll and Blake Wood and, and four or five pretty special uh, you know younger guys so th- that year it wasn't too difficult of a job to recruit but I think um, you know my number one goal that year was to add some second some secondary scoring which sometimes sometimes ended up being you know, first line type scoring because there there were phases in that season where you know our, our rookies and, and younger guys were leading the way, um, as well as a couple you know good defensemen out of the year. I brought in Lucas Patton, and uh, you know moving forward, I, I, like I said, I inherited a good, pretty good team that year. But a couple of those players that that we brought in have moved on. Luciano Wilson, who's I think he scored about fifteen or fifteen goals or so this year with Cowichan, so it was guys like that, young guys with with bigger, better futures ahead of them at the junior A or WHL level. But, uh, moving forward to this year, it was it was the same type of idea. We had the owner, and it was a good uh, good way to kind of start fresh, and, and we got a lot of good young talent, and a lot of it being local. And, uh, to answer the second part of your question, as far as system systems and way we play and whatnot the the Buccaneers ever since day one have always been a team that has kind of been really quick transition and played a heavy kind of you know mean style game and I never really changed any of that I just tried to you know uh, decipher whether it was a time to give some tough love to guys or or uh, time to lay off you know we we would uh, we'd adjust our systems uh, you know, here and there, but I, I'm not a huge system guy. I believe more in habits and and concepts and verbiage on the ice. I, I wouldn't say I, I, you know, I probably under under. I don't know what the term for it is, but I probably don't do enough system work. I, I'm more, you know, that's most of my players that that play for me. I'm kind of obsessed with a good stick and and head on a swivel and those little things that you learn from the time you're seven till you're, you know, in the NHL, it, it does, I don't think the game changes. Uh, we shouldn't try and reinvent the wheel too much, but, um, yeah, it was two fun years in the Nimal for sure. I can't, uh, can't say I've traded for anything. Well, actually, I joined the broadcast team for the Peninsula Panthers the year that you took over as head coach and GM. And right off the bat, uh, you know, my, my co-broadcaster, Will Bryant, and I noticed, you know, the unique style that the Nanaimo Buccaneers played. It was my first year just covering the VIJHL. And, uh, you know, that toughness, that, that style with an edge that you just kind of described was evident. And one of the more unique teams that came through the Panorama Recreation Center the last two years, Curtis, again, we're joined by Curtis Toneff, now assistant coach for the Humboldt Broncos of the SJHL. Um, what are you going to bring to the Humboldt Broncos next season as an assistant coach? I know you're no stranger to coaching uh, Junior A hockey as you spent two 
seasons as an assistant with the Trail Smoke Eaters of the BCHL. But going from head coach of a team to an assistant role, obviously your approach will have to change. Absolutely, yeah. You know, as an assistant coach, you're there first and foremost to support um, and be a secondary voice from the head coach. And uh, I think the number one thing is, as an assistant coach, uh, what goes around comes around. I think the number one thing is being loyal, uh, you know, to the head coach and the board and the, the team's beliefs and philosophies. And um, you know, second, secondary. You know, I'm a as a defenseman. I'm going to work with the team's defense. So, you know, we're going to have a real young team there and just making those guys better every day. And at the end of the day, just work hard, working hard as a coach, putting in the hours. Um, you know, I'm a single guy. I don't really have any distractions. So, therefore, I have no real excuse, uh, you know, not to put in the long hours and, and uh, you know, do whatever, do whatever I can, whatever it takes kind of thing. In your playing days, you spent time in the four top junior A leagues in Canada, the MJHL, the SJHL, AJHL, and arguably the best, in my opinion, the BCHL. Uh, how big is the gap between junior B leagues in Canada and leagues such as, you know, say the SJHL, which you will now be coaching, and say the MJHL as well? The biggest difference would be, at this point, uh, most, you're asked most guys, I would say, individual skill to a man um, from league to league but with that being said uh, playing all those leagues I didn't find it any easier to, to make plays or score goals than you know the SJHL or the you know the MJHL uh, those leagues uh, you know the Prairie Leagues they're, they're harder to play in I would say they're a bit more pro style there's a, a lot more WHL type players maybe moving on towards the dub or on their way back down um, and the BCHL you're going to find some very special players on each and every team that are difference makers and um, it's a bit more of a you know a skilled brand uh, in that league and I think all those four leagues have great goaltending keep in mind it's been five or six years and I haven't watched too many games outside of the BCHL but from when I played that's uh, that's how I, I saw it anyway uh, obviously for me playing all four of those leagues I was a bit of a journeyman so I wasn't perfect myself and uh, but I, I don't know if that's a record not just in all four of those leagues but it was uh, it was pretty cool to, to say I did that now at the time it was maybe a bit stressful but uh, yeah, it was it was good, and you know just the just the different buildings and uh, you go into in those leagues. You know you're gonna you're gonna find some intimidating rinks. You're gonna find some big bright rinks. You're gonna find three thousand butts. You're gonna find and, and seats. You're gonna find thirty two with a smaller ice surface, and it's minus forty out. It's it it, it, it was uh, it was fun to see. It's from uh, you know maybe a BC point BC boy point of view and, and some of those other places and just how much they like their hockey but um, yeah I'll kind of leave it at that and wrap it on a bit now. 
Well, well, absolutely, and that's actually such such a great answer. And hey, you broke the record as uh, one of our guests who's played in all of these leagues on the Sticker Rink podcast, there, Curtis. But in talking about the rinks, I mean, I'm so, I'm a hockey nerd. I love the game. I didn't get the chance to play it at any sort of level like you did, but I imagine that, like you said, at the time it was probably really stressful. But now looking back, I mean, the amount of rinks, the amount of crowds, the amount of atmospheres that you got to uh, just soak in and be a part of is is something that I imagine you're gonna hold on to for the rest of your life so that's amazing and uh, that wasn't rambling at all to, to follow up though in regards to coaching in the VIJHL and say the BCHL and the SJHL how does the coaching staff as a whole have to prepare and game plan for uh, a junior A franchise versus a junior B and I know uh, the NHL drafts out of junior A thus the level of hockey is obviously high so that's a factor but there must be just just more and I know you said you're not much of a systems guy but I just like to get your perspective now going uh, up the ranks to junior A Time management in a lot of ways, uh, both sides of the fence. Uh, you know, in Junior B, the VIJHL, a lot of these guys are full-time students, uh, maybe high school students going full days, or working men that have full-time jobs that are nine-to-five guys, and they don't want their time wasted necessarily. They don't want to go to the rink for something that you know maybe could have been done right after practice. They don't want to go there. For 20 minutes, when maybe you could have done it the night before. So, um, when you do have a team meeting or a one-on-one meeting, or you do some video, there has to be a purpose and it has to be managed properly. Uh, you know, on the flip side of that, um, junior A players and in those leagues, more so full-time hockey players, but at the same time, you play 60 games at that level or 58 as opposed to 48 so you're playing a lot of hockey so maybe you're not practicing quite as much and you're at the rink a lot more and you're on the bus a lot more so again like anyone no one no, no wants their time wasted so when you you, know, you have a meeting you, you have it with a purpose and you're straight to the point and, uh, and, and sometimes maybe you don't even have a meeting maybe you send a guy a video of um, you know a defenseman in the NHL or video of himself playing and, and text back and forth about it or talk on the phone for five minutes kind of thing. So I, I think at the end of the day, the the like I said prior, the, there's no reinventing the wheel. No one wants their time wasted as a, as a player. And um, when you're going cold, those meetings, it better be well thought out and, and well uh, well brought out because you know, if you, if you bring a team in and your laptop doesn't work or it's dead or you've got your court, then you're wasting, you know, 20 to 23 guys' time, potentially. So I, I'd say just, you know, have a purpose to every everything you do with these players. Um, before wrapping up here, Curtis, one final question. With all that surrounded the humble Broncos last season, example, you know, their head coach stepping down halfway through the season, a few veteran players and a ton of rookies coming together, and, you know, a town still as supportive as ever despite the conference loss. How is a new coaching staff expected to perform this season? You know, uh, Scott, Scott's been there for a year. He was the assistant coach uh, up until Christmas, and then he took over as the interim head coach, Scott Barney. Uh, you know, now he's got that interim title removed, kind of like you know, Barube uh, kind of thing, like, He's got a multi-year contract. So we're going to be young. Uh, the, the SHL is typically 
basically an older league, but we're going to go, as far as I know, very young, as far as six six or seven underage players, meaning next year O2s and O3s. So, uh, you know, I think long days of the rink are expected, you know, for us, too, to, uh, to make the team as good as it can be and then in return over, uh, you know, the span of a year or two, uh, you know, become a force and, and be a, a team that uh, count and, and people start to really pay attention to uh, on the ice because uh, there is a you know secret it's a bit of a bit of a rebuild for us so it'll be a, it'll be a very fun challenge. And, and a challenge it will be again, Curtis. Congratulations on all your success in the VIJHL as head coach and GM of the Nanaimo Buccaneers, and congratulations on this opportunity um, as assistant coach, mining the defense for the humble Broncos. And thank you for all the time that you've given us here on Stick in Rink. Have a great summer and uh, go get another championship with the Broncos. Thanks, Ashad. Appreciate you having me on the show and look forward to uh, listening uh, into the future. Give me a shout anytime. Thanks, Curtis. Toscala with the enormous glove save and dying in seconds. You don't want to make one wrong turn and change the channel. Keep it locked into the beat of the street. 101.7 FM CHLY in Nanaimo. This is where good music lives.